Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about gardening with our husbands. They're going to do a little a little podcast takeover, kind mm-hmm. of, first and catching up. Some. Oh, man. Oh, there's one of them. <laughs> so Jeez. Gina, what's going on? He doesn't understand the concept of being quiet. Okay, so we're still in COVID-19, but let's see what's going on. Okay, so I am trying to do fun things with my kids. I'm sure you've experienced this as well, where you will spend, you know, X amount of time putting together something that you think your kids are just going to love and ends up being a total flop. (laughs) Over in four seconds, and everybody's pissed (laughs) off and dirty. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I put together this amazing sensory bin. I mean, I cooked spaghetti noodles. I put, you know, dry pasta in there. I put some of his toys in there. I gave him paint. I what else did I do bubbles I mean all this stuff literally I was like yes here you go Cameron go to town I think he probably played with it for five minutes I saw it on Instagram and I was like that's uh, so funny and it looked really great I was impressed I was like okay I'll play with it then because playing with cooked spaghetti is just so fun I even made that that goop slime stuff with water and uh, cornstarch have you made that no but I don't know where Shay it's in YouTube, I swear it's the devil. But she's like, I want to make slime because of Ryan's World or whatever that god awful YouTube channel is. I'm like, this has oh, got gosh. to stop. Yep. No. So no. To that, answer yep. your question, but she wants me to buy it, and I I was looking up. I think they calls for liquid starch. The recipe I looked up, and it's expensive. I was like, no, no. We mm. have a, we have a COVID budget, and that doesn't make the cut. So goodbye. Yes, we've got a COVID <laughs> budget too. That's the worst. I mean, I've always had a budget, but now it's like oof, serious stuff. All right. So recently, after listening to our podcast on sustainable living, which I really loved, I decided to start composting because why not? We actually got our house a few years ago and it came with a compost bin. Woohoo. So exciting. Of course, it never excited me until now. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I'm a little bit late on that, but hey, better late than never. So a couple things I learned about composting, which is good, I think, for this episode. I learned that greens are for nitrogen producing and then browns produce carbon and that your bin should be one third nitrogen and then two thirds carbon. And you kind of need to layer those different ingredients, if you will, in the bin and then kind of mix them up either manually if, if you have a a compost bin that actually mixes when you um, turn the knob or like mine it's just a standalone bin where you kind of have to mix it yourself with a big fork or um, shovel or whatever you can to mix it your hands I guess your arms um, but greens could include anything and I didn't know this such as eggshells coffee grinds you can even throw in your the coffee filter if it's compostable it'll say that on the box also fresh leaves so not the brown ones that fall in the fall but fresh leaves browns are those dead leaves pine needles carbon and newspapers so again two-thirds browns one-third greens so yeah we've been starting the layer for our compost bin it should be ready in about a year and a half to two years (laughs) but hey it's all worth it that's it that's all i got um i'm still doing resistance training and stretching yay nicole um okay i think 
I don't know who turned me on to it, but you're aware of Cosmic Yoga for Kids, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know the website. Just I'll link it in the show notes. But um, if you just Google it, it'll pop up too. But the, are the, is the chick always British? Yes. Okay. So she is... It's the same chick all the time. Okay. My kids just like love her to pieces. And Piper just kind of watched, but Shay did all the moves right along. So I'm going to start... We're going to start doing more Cosmic Yoga for Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a helpful thing for the iPad, I guess, um, rather than just sitting there. And then, okay, so Easter has come and gone, or it's right around this time. I don't know. I forget exactly when this episode's coming out. Uh, But I had bought some really cute Easter dresses for the girls, and Mm -hmm. I was so excited for them to wear them, and COVID. So I scheduled Mm -hmm. a family photo shoot on our front porch. So the (laughs) photographer came, and she, like, I mean, social distancing, like, extremes. Like, she wasn't within, like, 30 feet of us, probably. Um, We even got one with Harley in the picture. So super cute. Um, We got the proof like we got them all today and they turned out really really cute so um that was kind of fun it was something and uh we did one that said safe at home easter 2020 like a little sign um so that was fun oh you guys are great about family photos we don't ever do that yeah, it's like the one thing I recently got credit for for our family. I do well in general. I love pictures, but Mark recently said like he's glad that I do it. He's like, we all hate it, right? Like all of us hate doing it. But mm-hmm. the pictures are always so pretty and living close to the lake. It's we have no excuse not to do it. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So kind of before we introduce uh our better halves or other halves our dumb and dumber oh you, 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 you choose okay um, before we bring them on uh we do ask uh drop us a review on itunes uh, preferably five stars hopefully you love the podcast you can tell us all about it and then you'll be entered to um in our giveaway so do that yes um awesome yeah okay we're gonna pause oh. and, and grab them okay yep. okay all right we're Here back we with the boys i'm gonna I'm going to, oh, there we go. <laughs> I just sprayed Mark with beer in our bedroom. <laughs> okay. We've got, we've got the gentleman with us. Um, and we decided to bring them on because I guess in both of our households, uh, we, Gina and I probably do more of the cooking. And as it ends up, the, the guys do a bit more of the gardening. So we thought it's a timely topic to start, uh, you know, time of year to start talking about gardening, planning, all of those things. So we thought we'd bring on our uh, our local experts, air quotes around that experts <laughs> part. Uh, and so, all right, I'll ask, I'll ask the questions and then mm-hmm. Nick will have you respond first and then Mark, um, unless we go, we go rogue here. So as far as types of gardens, I'm thinking like traditional soil, just kind of like in the land, uh, raised beds or planters. What do you have experience with, Nick? <laughs> Um, mostly raised beds. Uh, that's what we've done in both of our houses. Uh, it's been easier to, uh, it's been easier to just kind of do raised beds, whether with borders or without either way, we've always done raised beds. Do you think, do you always consider raised beds as having borders? Cause I think of raised beds as having borders. Do you not Nicole? Yeah, I guess I do. So in Tulsa, yeah. I was the gardener at the time. I was probably also unemployed. I think it was during like the um, the period of time where I had just become a dietitian. But I remember vividly like putting um, a couple layers of newspaper over the grass, and I had just built like a wooden frame and then filled in the rest with dirt. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I think that actually his answer is wrong. We do a traditional soil. We don't do raised beds. We don't. 
I it's think a, of raised beds as being like soil above the ground or yeah, like right. Right. do that. Right? No, you I've do. always yes, I've oh. always done raised beds because okay, I've know. I've always done for us in Ohio, really good drainage is important. So I've always done a bunch of rock at the bottom of it and then raised it up with 50 bags of soil, mm-hmm. mulch, and then planted from that point, but mm-hmm. never really put a border around it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, all right. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I think for the same reason. I think raids, raised beds are easier if you're just starting off with a small or medium-sized garden. I mean, if you're going to be serious about it and you're going to be out there like weeding and dealing with varmints and all that, then maybe you could do a traditional kind of bed. But if you're talking something that's, you know, I don't know, uh, 20 square feet or 30 square feet or, or whatever in a normal size yard, then I think that the raised bed is easiest because otherwise you're going to be tearing up whatever's there, soil or whatever, and you're going to have whatever soil is already there. And in Michigan, we have very sandy soil. So, uh, you know, it's easy, as Nick said, to just get whatever you want, scope off your area and then fill it in with whatever you want, whether that's potting soil or mulch or manure or whatever, whatever uh, you're trying to grow. It's always good to start with a raised bed. It makes it easier if you're just trying to do it kind of as a casual gardener. Okay, Nick, you mentioned 50 bags of soil. I'm, I'm, what kind of cost would somebody be looking at? Um, I don't know. The first time it's always more soil to start out because you're dealing with nothing most of the time. So uh, I would say if you till the existing area and then add to it uh, with 40 to 50 bags worth of or one truckload worth of gardening soil you're looking anywhere from 125 to 200 bucks okay not terrible but yeah yeah. cool all right I learned something there what's your timeline for planting as far as okay so it's early April mid-April What's your timeline? Uh, do you start from seed, indoor, outdoor, or do you go with starter plants? I've always done starter plants. I think it's just easier. Um, I think we tried seeds one time and it just became too much of a hassle to have to move them into the sunlight to water them. I know they, they make ones that are really easy to use where they kind of water themselves, but I don't know. I've always found it easier just to buy the starter plants, dig them into the ground and, and start 30-ish, 45-ish days in um, on some of those plants. What are you talking about water themselves? Please explain. There's a, a seedling set that you can buy that you put like a, a reservoir of water on the bottom of it and it slowly kind of waters itself from the seed to the sprout to a starter plant basically on your on its own in like a 30-day period. Is that yeah. genetically modified? No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> Sounds very modified. <laughs> Not natural. Um, but when do we normally plant these uh, starter plants? We normally plant them in like early May, right? May, yeah. In- anywhere between the first part of May or the middle of May is usually when we plant them. And then that gives us 60 days um, of really perfect grow. Um, so we can usually grow, most of what we usually grow is going to be anywhere from 70 to 90 days, um, outside of the tomatoes and stuff that we grow and some of the peppers that we grow that are, you know, 30 to 45 days. 
Cool. Mark? Yeah, I think here in Michigan, we definitely have to do starter plants. I mean, again, unless you have a greenhouse or a hoop house or something like that where you are really serious about it. I just don't think that uh, the the times I've tried to grow from seed, uh, I think the transition, even though there's great advice out there about how to transition, uh, moving them to, you know, the garage for a couple days to acclimate to the different temperature, moving them outside during the day and then back inside at night. That's always been a big fail for me. I mean, I might have had a couple successful plants, but if you plant 10 and you lose six of them, it's just kind of not worth it because then you're replanting them. So uh, I I think the starter plants in, in Michigan are, again, worth it because the growing season is so short. And even on a lot of the varieties of starter plants, uh, like tomatoes, things like that, you want to get the you know, the ones that are maturing in 50, 60 days, not the ones that are maturing in 70, 90 days because the summer is just so short. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, what is a hoop house? <laughs> mm. What is a hoop house, Mark? <laughs> I, so I, I will do my best to pretend I know what this is. So the only reason I know what this is, is because Nicole and I went to a farm to table type of restaurant. Uh, at Gr- what it was it called? Graner Farms? Oh, yeah. It was last year for my birthday. I bought my own birthday present. Is it Graner? I think that- I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so they basically, I don't know, I'll try not to say anything inappropriate, but to me, to me, it feels like they have a whole bunch of uh, hippity dippity interns that are kind of like child labor. And so (laughs) these people like really, really want to like be all natural. And so they more or less intern for very low wages. They sleep like in the barn and uh, without air conditioning, without air conditioning and like grow crops for these people in Michigan. So it's very interesting. Oh, um, but they were very passionate about it. And so I, I don't want to talk bad about them in any way, shape or form. We had a good experience there, but I think I already did. So that's all right. Um, and so anyway, anyway, we, we, we go to dinner there and before the dinner, they kind of tell you about the farm and essentially they described a hoop house as like a, um, greenhouse, but it's not with glass. It's typically just like semi-transparent plastic and there's really not fans, mm. major fans or ventilation. It's basically just a way to trap the sunlight and keep it mm-hmm. a little bit warmer during the evening without really a significant amount of cost. Okay. I've seen these before. We had them on, on campus at the university where I work. I know exactly. So it's basically a greenhouse, but just a little bit cheaper, cheap, more cheaply made. A, a, a poor person's greenhouse. greenhouse. Yeah, that's my expert opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sounds good to me. I was just thinking the exorbitant costs that came with this dinner. It wasn't that bad, but Mark's right. They, 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 these people were making like next to nothing and living in like squalor and were there having like this gorgeous farm to table expensive meal. Well, they probably um, loved it. Honestly, it's their passion and yeah. they probably get those meals served to them too. I'm sure that's part of the experience for them too. I hope so. <laughs> um, okay, boys, when choosing a location for your garden, what would you recommend? Um, for any of the home gardens that I've done, it's always, you know, you need six hours worth of sun. That's the most important thing. Um, you know, like Mark talked about, you know, drainage is very important, uh, for us down here. It's, it's lots of hard, thick clay. So putting down rock and having a good area to, to be able to have good drainage and sunlight is the two most important things. Um, you can kind of build your soil from there. So I would say those are the biggest, uh, starting points for, for getting started. Marcus. 
Mark. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't. I think that you know, if I would do anything differently about our particular garden, is there's a tree next to it, and it's there because we didn't want a raised bed garden standing right in the middle of our yard. So it was the only <laughs> good place to put it from an aesthetic perspective, but. It's probably not getting as much sunlight as I would like. It's getting it for barely the six hours a day, probably. And so, again, uh, would probably try to position for as much sun as possible. I would say, again, that's because we're in Ohio and Michigan. Uh, maybe if you're in the far south, in Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, probably a little bit more shade with the intense 100-degree sun is probably a little bit better. So, um, you know, partial partial shade might be beneficial if you're in a really hot southern area. Um, I know that we have friends in New Mexico, and they always struggled to grow, you know, green, luscious vegetables, even if they watered every single day just because it got so hot. So might be something to consider if you were in a different temperament. Yeah, this is like gardening for Midwesterners. Yeah, Uh. seriously. (laughs) We should rename the title, but I love your title. Um, Is it a little inappropriate? I mean... I love it. Okay, not too inappropriate. Cool. Um, All right. What vegetables have you had the best success in growing, Nick? Nicole, you could probably answer that one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, your butternut squash like took over the world. Like they... It was... (laughs) It reminded me of like some childhood book where the vines just like stretch the span of city blocks and just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, there have been some, there have been some good ones, 20 feet. Um, so when Gina and I first started this whole process of, of, hey, let's grow a garden, it was, um, let's try to grow a garden and not use pesticide. Let's try to grow it as organically as we possibly can. Um, of course, this is when we didn't have kids, so we had lots of money. So it was easy to buy a whole bunch of really cool organic soils and manures and all this really cool stuff. Um, but the idea was to to do it without pesticides. So I wanted to grow things that were hardy, that had good hard outer shells to them at kind of the the beginning of growth so bugs wouldn't really be an issue. So squash was the the thing that I kept coming up with. Um, when I did all my research, so I was like, all right, let's grow squash. So we grew a lot of squash, acorn, butternut, um, spaghetti squash. We grew a bunch of squash. Um, and after that, we kind of started doing peppers and tomatoes and kind of the easier things. Um, still kind of working on cantaloupes. Um, haven't really gotten those mastered yet. But um, cucumbers and zucchini and, uh, and the squash has really been something we've done really well in our gardens. Nick, do you remember when we were young and naive and tried to make our own herbicide? I do. It was terrible. It was the worst smell. It re- it basically involved like five pounds of white, yellow, onion, uh, jalapeno. jalapenos, garlic. garlic. It was basically a vampire killer. Cayenne pepper. <laughs> Cayenne pepper. Oh, gosh. I, I think I probably still have a picture of it. I was making it in our kitchen in our old house. It was putrid and it did not work, FYI. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, it did not work. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, Mark, what have you had the best success in growing? I would say two big successes are basil and zucchini. I think those are two big ones. And then the surprise one was romaine lettuce. So Nicole essentially bet me that I couldn't grow romaine lettuce. And maybe we can post like a couple pictures on the uh, on the on the podcast here. But 
I, I don't remember what we bet exactly, but she was like, there is no way lettuce does not grow in Michigan. And I was like, well, then why are they selling it at the Meyer in Michigan? If it's not going to grow here, like it, it, they should not be selling this if it has no chance of growing. Mm-hmm. And so I did like three planters, like the large giant planters. And I planted like three heads in each one, two to three heads in each one. And I think after a couple of weeks, I had to pull one out of each because they got so big so fast. And I mean, literally I had to harvest it before it would go to seed because it just got giant. So that's probably like the most surprising successful one. But on an ongoing basis, basil and zucchini are the ones that pretty much produce and do well without a lot of support or help. Mm-hmm. We had that kind of experience. Remember when we grew broccoli and you were like, oh, no, 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 it's not ready yet. And then it went to seed because we waited like literally two days too long. It was perfect. And you're like, no, it's not quite ready yet. And then it, yeah, started blooming basically. <laughs> yeah, it was it was sad. When we lived in Ohio near you guys, I had some planters on our back uh, deck that had just herbs. I think I bought like a, you know, a upstarter plant that had like one rosemary and one basil and one thyme and one sage. Well, I killed everything except for the sage, the thyme and the oregano and they were thriving. We actually threw them on the moving truck when we moved to Michigan and just lop them in the dirt when we moved in, like right on the side of our house and our next to our garage. And those things are still going. We actually just mulched. Um, we had a truckload of mulch delivered and Mark just like dumped four inches of mulch over the top of it. And I'm like, are, are my herbs going to come through? And sure enough, they're coming through. The, yeah, like I cannot kill those things. Um, I, however, cannot grow basil, but Mark has really good success. I don't know. Yeah, that's impressive. We cheat when it comes to basil. We just buy those little plants at the grocery store and it usually lasts the entire summer. They're already basically ready to use. We just put them by our garden, pretend like we grew it and the trick with take them ra- off the trick with and basil and Nicole doesn't believe me is it says that it requires full sun, but it really doesn't. So that's like the opposite of needing the full sun for everything else. I actually plant it in the back of the garden near the tree and it gets probably only four or five hours of sun. And so it doesn't really come on until late July. Like I plant Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, like everything else. And it kind of just stays that size for five or six weeks. Doesn't really grow. Doesn't really, I mean, again, it's a starter plant. Doesn't really grow or do anything. And then um, it just goes crazy in July and August. The other thing is because basil starter plants are kind of expensive. This is a pro tip for you. You can take the basil starter plant and like split it into three and plant it as three plants and it'll grow as three plants. So even though we'll try that, even though it's kind of like it's it's like four dollars for a base three. 367, we'll say. 367 for a basil starter plant. But if you're careful, you can split that into like three plants. Gina, okay. I am t- I am yeah. not lying. He would bring in I like he would take a grocery bag, like it's just a plastic, you know, bag from the grocery store, and it would be like like lightly packed full of basil multiple wow. times every summer. Like for the That's past impressive. couple of years. It is so impressive. So, we'll we'll get there though. Okay, um, wait, quickly. Have you guys did you say banana? Banana peppers, I think. Banana peppers. Okay. I don't Um, know that he said it, but he has grown banana peppers successfully. I just saw banana on your notes. I was like, how does that work? But how do you – have you ever grown any fruits? Because I was asking Nick this today as he was planting our garden. We have not really grown any fruits. Have you guys had success with fruits? Yeah. So I've tried very unsuccessfully to grow like 
blueberries, raspberries. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. we had raspberries and strawberries outside so of our house. So did we. Yes. Uh, yeah. And we're in a very good blueberry area. A friend of mine has like a dwarf blueberry plant and they just have like a little light net over it so that the uh, birds don't get the blueberries and they just produce like crazy. I mean, it's amazing. So it's not mm-hmm. about the area. I think it's just, you need a different type of soil, a different type of acidity to grow fruit. And so you can't really grow it in the same area or the same spot as you're growing all of these vegetables, which I think is part of my mm-hmm. problem. Okay. We steal yeah. our neighbor's apples. And pears. <laughs> and pears. <laughs> well, Nick wants to, to um, plant a pear tree this year. And I'm... I, and I, and an apple tree, which is crazy. Which I think no. they take a long, many, many years to produce. But so our neighbor's house has been vacant for like two years. They've literally been remodeling. They don't even live in state for like two and a half years. And they've tore out most of their landscaping, but they've left a few things. And I was walking around like by their house and pretty much everything. Trespassing? Trespassing, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I, think, I think we did that with you guys and when like, we were there. Yeah. I mean, their whole they had a whole tree of like pears. This was... It was like it had already frosted. It was probably late September or early October or something. And it was just no one's living there. It was a pear tree just full of pears. And I just picked a whole bunch of them and brought them home. They tasted fine. It was it's kind of crazy in Michigan to have a pear tree that clearly hasn't been cared for in years. And it's just producing. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to second. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to do that. Are we even going to be in this house for that long? I don't think so. He might. <laughs> See, he might. I, argue, I guess I'm but. less focused personally on fruit, just because around us we have so much fruit. Um, yeah, you guys do. We are. I feel like any direction you go, we're either running into apples or cherries or you name it. So yeah, I feel blessed in that way. Uh, so we do veggies more at home, but yeah, I think I think fruit is harder to do that to to grow at home. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, what are three tips uh, you'd give to first time home gardeners? Nick, you want to start? Or do you want Mark to take this one since you have nothing written in the Google Doc? I'll start calling uh, you Nicole. The- oh, He's well. really good at uh, just making up, you know, stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of the way I roll, right? <laughs> um, three tips to for new gardeners. Um, my first tip always is do not plant too much. Um, when you're... <laughs> That's Mark's first tip. You just sold it. Is it really? Yeah. Where? Do not overplant. Oh, well, there you go. Smart guy. Must be a good tip. <laughs> it must be a good tip. It is. Um, I've I've done that a lot, especially with since growing all the squash that I like to grow. Squash takes a lot of room, and you need a lot of room, and you get a lot of vines, and it becomes an issue. So uh, for sure, overplanting is something you can never do. Um, make it easy. Plant stuff that you want to eat. Um, I've always thought that's really important. Like, don't like when you go to to the to the store to buy plants, buy stuff that you want to eat. Yeah, it can get overwhelming. There's so many options. Right, tons of options. Buy stuff that you know you want to eat that you know you'll use as opposed to buying stuff that you're just going to grow and watch sit and grow on a vine. <laughs> Those would be my good tips. Well, what about watering? Well, yeah, you got to water. You got to set a schedule. If you can set a schedule to water um, without having to stand out there with a hose, then that's fantastic. That makes it really easy. Um, sprinklers are great, but um, it, it, it just kind of depends on where your garden is. I mean, you have to make sure that you make the time every single night to go out there and water that thing. And he is very, very good at that. I think that's where I would fail. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with both of those. The only other one I had on my list was 
planting for kind of what gives you the best return on investment. So for example, I, I, for the first several years, I would always plant like jalapeno peppers and Nicole's like, those things are like 10 cents a pound. Like, why are you planting those? Which I think is really true and good advice. I mean, you know, tomatoes, good, nice tomatoes, uh, whatever kind of tomatoes you like are expensive and in the grocery store in the summer. And so generally, if you get a good tomato plant, it can produce, you know, dozens and dozens of tomatoes for a relatively low cost. And they're not super cheap in the grocery store. So I think I've learned a lot, you know, jalapeno peppers, banana peppers, you can grow a ton of them, but you can also buy them for almost nothing at the grocery store. So if you have a very limited amount of space, try to grow things that are maybe more expensive in the grocery store, like basil and tomatoes uh, are the two that I would say have a good kind of, you know, bell peppers are a little bit, I mean, you know, you get really big juicy bell peppers at the store. It takes a long time, like the whole summer to grow small bell peppers. So again, and you might only get three or four, five bell bell peppers off of a plant. Whereas again, with tomatoes, you can get 50. So I I would say, again, if you're talking truly based on kind of the ROI of the space, tomatoes, basil in Michigan are are really good bets, Uh, even compared to, you know, um, zucchini and things like that, because zucchini are easy to grow, but they take up so much space. Yeah. And you didn't mention it. Oh, sorry. No, Gina. Oh, I was just going to say one of the things Mark didn't mention (laughs) is um, pickling cucumbers. We had in planters oh. last year, the past two years maybe, and they've gone bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we should totally do that. Our kids are obsessed with pickles. We just pickle our own cucumbers, even if they're not pickling cucumbers. Is that what you're saying? You do grow pickling cucumbers or are you just pickling your cucumbers that you grow? No, they are pickling cucumbers, but okay. they love cucumbers also. So I feel like yeah. this year, glad we're talking about this now, Mark, is <laughs> in a very <laughs> formal public way is I think we should do both pickling and regular cucumbers. Yes, yes, I'm I'm with you. Okay, what kind of tomatoes do you guys grow? Because I'm a big fan of the smaller tomatoes versus the big ones. So I also have historically grown a lot of cherry tomatoes, grape tomatoes, things like that. But mm-hmm. I find that I don't personally consume, and our, our kids don't consume enough salads, and that's or just eat them as a snack. I don't think we do that as much as we we would like to, or, or we think we will. And so although those are easy and successful, I would say um, bigger and short duration, uh, like early girl or early girl hybrid type plants that, you know, mature in 50, 60 days and grow relatively large are probably the easiest. We have done, um, you know, Roma tomatoes are pretty good. And then heirloom tomatoes um, with, again, short, short gestation periods, I'd say are the kind of the ones that we grow the most of. Yeah, I find that our kids actually are likely to every single day in the summer go out and just snack on the cherry tomatoes that we grow right off the vine. Um, and, and and that's actually what got them to like tomatoes was that we grew the tiny little ones that were sweet and they just go out there and, and chow down almost to a point where it's not good for them, <laughs> especially with Paige who has GERD. But anyway, also I want to say real quick, speaking of return on investment, Romaine lettuce, dirty dozen. So if you're trying to get organic romaine lettuce, it can be a little bit more expensive. So growing it on your own, even though it's not necessarily 100% organic, definitely less pesticides when you're growing it on your own. So I think that's that's great. It's great that you pulled that off, Mark. Way to go. 
you just have to look really good at the uh, slugs and whatnot that can be. Yeah, yeah I, I just feel like you've got to inspect each leaf thoroughly, wash it thoroughly mm-hmm. um, and not let it grow too long because it'll get tough. Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. kind of turn into like romaine chard. Yeah, but I think that's mm. again, when I grew it, it was in big raised bed, um, big raised planters. And it grew really fast. I mean, it was planted in May and and was ready to be harvested by like the end of June. I mean, it was seriously like four to five weeks. And again, it was a starter plant. So I don't think there was a lot of insects or bugs or pesticides. Any of that really was necessary because it just grew so fast. So if you have it, you know, 18 inches off the ground because it's in a planter and you're harvesting it four weeks, five weeks after you plant it, because if you don't, it's going to go to seed anyway. So seems to be, I don't know, at least in a controlled environment where you only have three or four plants, it seems manageable. Hmm. Okay. So Gina, what are some of your favorite uses for the garden yield that Nick's kind of talked about? Mm -hmm. So definitely pesto, basil, everything. We make tons of basil throughout the summer. It doesn't sound like we make quite as much as you guys do, but we definitely do. We add it to pizza. We even just add the basil to the pizza without making pesto. Did I say pesto? We make pesto out of the basil. Did I say that or am I just saying Yeah, I, I know what you meant. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if our <laughs> listeners did, but we clarify. I make – we use the basil to make pesto, but we also just use the basil plain as is. I mean, it's just great to add to pizza, pasta, whatever. Um, but, you know, you can make it into ba- or into pesto. I did, almost did it again and throw it into the freezer and freeze it, which is probably what you do if you had such a, mm-hmm. um, a, a giant yield – uh, also, zucchini noodles. I love, love making zucchini, zucchini noodles with the spiralizer. Add some um, Parmesan cheese or marinara sauce or even just a little bit of butter on there. Of course, we had that one time when you were here, the giant butternut squash yield. But we seem to have that every year that we, we plant butternut squash. <laughs> so I have turned into the butternut squash queen. I make butternut squash cookies, lasagna, chili, and I'll add some of those recipes to our show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry. Um, oh, and pickles, of course. We always make pickles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So similar. Uh, made a shit ton of pesto. Like, I mean, literally... I bet I froze a gallon of pesto, um, (laughs) which can get expensive if you're using pine nuts. So I would often use like walnuts or pistachios or something along along those lines. But uh, we really like pesto. Um, So lots of that. And it's expensive in the store. So Um, pickles galore. I will, I would say that my easy garlic dill refrigerator pickles are like near famous and it's not my recipe. So I can't really take credit for it, but I've made them for years and years and years and they are bomb. And they'll last. You'll have like to a, put that in your show notes for sure. The and way. they last a year in the fridge, so you okay. don't need. There's no canning required. You just. Oh, I love it. Yeah, easy, easy. And then my other favorite recipe for garden yield is a grilled salsa. And this is in one of my cookbooks. I'll I'll link it in the show notes. But basically, you just grill up like whole tomatoes, whole um, onion, like you quarter the onion, but uh, onion, a whole like bulb of garlic, uh, jalapenos all this stuff. And then you throw it in a blender with some lime juice, salt, and parsley, uh, not parsley, cilantro, and just whiz it up. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Mark like drinks yeah. it in the summer. And then I'll repurpose <laughs> it and make like uh, salsa chicken in the crock pot. And yeah, we just mm-hmm. use it on everything. 
Um, of course, like caprese, we've, we'll do like banana peppers on pizza or sandwiches. I've also pickled those. Um, but yeah, I would say zucchini, you know, just sauteed up, um, zucchini boats, things like that. Uh, oh, zucchini yeah. sticks and like breadcrumbs and Parmesan mm-hmm. cheese. So lots of options there. Yeah. Um, I will say I cheat yum. with another another tip. I want to see your recipe for pickles for sure. Um, but something else we do is we'll buy a jar of our favorite pickles. We'll finish that jar. We'll have the pickling juice and we'll just cut up a, a, zuc- or a, um, a cucumber or two and throw it in that jar, put the lid on it and let it sit for a couple days and then there's pickles. <laughs> lazy I like I it lazy yet brilliant uh, uh, I know love it. I did this when I was pregnant because I went through so many pickles and it started to get a little bit ridiculous so I just started making my own that way <laughs> I love it too funny all right little uh change in change in topic here as we wrap up gardening unrelated what is the best thing Nick what's the best thing that Gina's made lately Mark what's the best thing I have made lately um and then What's your opinion on the whole podcast thing? So a two-part question. Yeah, you first, Nick. Boy. um, So what's the best thing? The podcast thing I'll start with first. Uh, I think it's great. I think that uh, because Gina for a while was doing so much with her blog, and then once that ended, I think she needed an outlet, and this has been great for her. Um, as far as her outlet that, uh, that has kind of replaced the, the blog. So I think it's awesome. But does he complain when we have to, when I have to let, make him put the bed or the kids to bed? I can't even speak. Yes, he does. He complains every single time, but that's okay. I still love him. <laughs> right. Um, on that note, uh, I would say that there's lots of stuff that Gina has made. Gosh, it's been. <laughs> You can't think of one thing. I can't think of anything <laughs> off the top of my head. Okay, what but about it's all been really good? What about the banana bread with chocolate chips I made? The banana bread was pretty good. It was yeah, that was very good. Have um, you made a good dinner lately? I oh, made jambalaya yesterday. Oh yeah, the shrimp jambalaya was really good. All of the stuff that my wife makes is good. <laughs> there there are rarely misses. Yeah, that's funny. That's true. But he usually always has a tip of how it could be better. For example, man, this jambalaya would be better with some andouille sausage in it. (laughs) I bet he says it just like that, too. I I can picture it. I did say it just like that. (laughs) Too funny. All right, Mark, what's the best thing I've made lately? And what's your opinion on the whole podcast thing? All right. So I think it was last week you made a lemon tart and then you made banana cake. I was not a big Shoot. fan of the lemon tart, and neither was anybody else in our household. So Nicole kept saying, I can't believe you don't like the lemon tart better. And I'm like, just let me eat the whole banana cake and leave me alone. <laughs> but she continued to push the lemon tart and tried to eat the banana cake. So when she was giving the banana cake to our kids, I'm like, give them the lemon tart. Like, you know, so anyway, I thought the banana cake was very good. But Nicole also cooks things uh, three or four times a week that are usually new and unique and uh, usually does a pretty darn good job. So I would say definitely no shortage of new, interesting, and good uh, good recipes uh, either now or uh, in the past. In Nicole, regards, you make me look bad. <laughs> in regards no. to the, the podcast, 
I mean, Nicole's kind of a shiny object person. She likes to do new and different <laughs> things all the time. So I'm happy that she enjoys this and that it is something I think what you say is like episode 50 here recently. This is episode 52 if you're counting. Okay, well, I'm not but you told me so I was listening. <laughs> Um, so I think it's, it's good. And, you know, as long as, you know, you guys enjoy it and, uh, have a good, uh, purpose a following, whatever you want to look at, whatever your goals mm-hmm. are. Uh, you know, I think sometimes with Nicole, I'm like, so what's success look like? Is it like followership? Is it just, is it, is it a hobby? Are you enjoying it? Cause I don't think that she knows always like what she wants out of it. Is it just, you know, leisure hobby? Is she actually caring about growing it so for me i think it's just you know as long as she's happy and enjoying it that's all that matters i love it are the men finished yeah i'm just like cheesing at him because i think it was a funny response um you did really like the banana cake and he does complain about having to put the kids together the bed kids to bed too (laughs) it could be worse i usually put the kids to bed on the sunday before the monday we podcast just to make it fair you know so that's helpful. Well, they always want, our kids- they always want Nicole to put her to bed. So if she's <laughs> out of the picture, it makes it easier for me. So like tonight, there was no like yeah. I want hugs from mommy or yes. whatever. So like they know she's podcasting. She's just like you know chopped liver. So it makes my life really easy. Actually, <laughs> it's true. Our kids are the exact same way. Nick always says it's easier for him to just put them both to bed than if I'm around. I I our kids are the exact same way. Yep. Oh, well, thanks, my... gentlemen. You've been Are great. Go? Okay. We'll yeah, I think go. so. Nick's like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that was painful, huh, guys? <laughs> Good thing they I were... think they did pretty well. They, yeah, they did all right. Good job. Um, <laughs> I don't know that he was had the microphone down his throat far enough. We'll see how the... Brian might have to work his magic on the audio, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Gina, what is a mom win or favorite new product or recipe you've got for this week? You know, you didn't have one last time. I don't think I have one this time. Oh. I, I'll tell you, I can't get – I have you had this experience yet in Michigan? I'm sure you have, but where I go to place my online order at wherever I'm shopping and half the things are gone? Oh, yes, or time slot is not available. Time, oh, both. Half the things are gone. Time slot not available. And again, you know, this is definitely first world problems. Um, but I, I can't find any of my favorite products. And I've tried to branch out and try new things, which I did with the Richard's peanut butter last time. But I'm just like, since I'm not there and able to see it, it's hard for me to choose something else, I guess. And I just get frustrated and... Yeah, so I've not been able to try make new things. I've made a couple new things for sure, but nothing nothing delicious. I mean, even Nick couldn't come up with one great thing that I've made because I <laughs> I guess I'm just dried up. Aww. I got I got to work on my my repertoire. Yeah, we are making great progress on our freezer, I must say. Like you can see the bottom of one of our freezers, which nice. this is embarrassing. We have three full-size refrigerators in our home. You probably know that. So one in our kitchen, one in our garage, which is primarily beer and pizza, <laughs> if we were being honest. It's like the beverage. Okay, so the basement is too. So we have two like beverage refrigerators. It's ridiculous. As you mentioned on the last podcast, Mark works for Whirlpool. They were all, the one in the, the garage and the basement were here when we bought the house so they were it it was a whirlpool family that we bought it from so anyway we have an obscene number of refrigerators so <laughs> we really have no motivation to ever like buy on demand really we're just like oh it's on sales stock up um 
I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, but I saw a Meyer had a um, a time slot available for delivery, and I went to go add one thing that I needed, and I was going to go back and get that time slot gone, gone, oh. no time slots available. So I had a two hundred eighty dollar um, Aldi order come today, which oh a lot of that is because of my new obsession with kombucha and just other mm. things that we just needed. So I stocked up because. Yeah. It seems like the surge is coming, and I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Um, I refuse to go to the grocery store. So whatever we have is what we're going we're gonna to use. So that said, my mom win is a trail mix of must-go. So things like old cereal boxes that have like half a cup in the bottom, mm-hmm. um, dried fruit, so just like little bags of cherries or cranberries or raisins or apricots, whatever, banana chips, whatever we've got, uh, nuts, again, peanuts, cashews whatever's got to go i mean piper still loves cashews my my kids they're so expensive um cashews chocolate chips you know a few chocolate chips in there sunflower seeds um yeah just kind of making and i throw them in mason jars so after my pickles (laughs) after we finish up those pickle (laughs) jars we'll just Uh um i just layer them in there i'll do a couple at a time and that way in the morning i can just throw you know a cup of that in like a cup and they can even take it in the car on their way to school so that's super convenient um and it uses up kind of what's around and available it's pretty balanced getting in some good healthy fats there and carbs and all those things so yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Try that too. I like that. We've got some stuff in our pantry that that must go. So I, I like that idea a lot. I feel like adults love it too because I, I mentioned I pr- I think I mentioned this a long time ago on the podcast, but for birthdays and whatnot at work, we always bring in breakfast to our staff meetings. And mm-hmm. one day I had brought in something similar, just like layered cereal and dried fruit. Anyway my team went nuts for it. They were like little kids. They were like, ooh, I had chocolate and sunflower seeds. They just loved it. Um, and they're pretty health forward people. So anyway, that's yeah. a good little good little nugget of uh, opportunity there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, okay. Are you reading a review? You go for it. Okay, I'll read a review and then you wrap us okay. up. Okay, cool. Valerie.stacks said, I recently started listening to DDP. Um, <laughs> love it. We Dietitian's Dish podcast, I assume. <laughs> After hearing about it on another favorite podcast, Girl Next Door, and was instantly addicted. I listened to one episode and then started from the beginning. I'm about halfway through 2019. Nicole and Gina are in my age range and both have daughters that are close in age to my daughter. So it always feels like I'm listening to friends. I enjoy their podcast because they dish out good information without being too serious or judge and not judgmental. Keep up the good work, ladies. I love it. So sweet. Thank awesome. you, Valerie.stacks. Yeah, and so Valerie will also be entered into our giveaway for the new edition of Intuitive Eating, as will anyone who uh, puts a, a review on iTunes for us until our next uh, episode, which comes out May 3rd, I believe. So yes, keep that in mind. I wanted to say, you know how last time, I forget, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about how Paige is already talking about being embarrassed about certain things. Uh-huh. I talked to her today about, I said, I said, maybe I'll be a substitute teacher at your new school. Would that embarrass you? She goes, no, I think I'd really like that. So that's good. <laughs> She's not embarrassed of me yet. Oh yeah, she's just embar- she's embarrassed about being in her blue car. I get it, but she still loves her mama, so that's Aww. good. Of course she does. <laughs> I know. I never, I never doubted it, but I got a little nervous when I asked her. I'm like, would you be embarrassed if I came to your school? I'm like, I mean, I used to love it when my mom came to school. I mean, through I would say elementary school. So you know, she hasn't even started her second year of kindergarten yet. So I was a little bit nervous as to what her answer would be, and was thrilled to hear her say, "No, I'd love it." So. 
Okay, so coming up on May 3rd, we will be dishing about autism and the complementary alternative medicines that may help ameliorate GI symptoms associated with autism spectrum disorder. Uh, We'll be interviewing a a guru in that area who I adore, so I look forward to that. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. You'll get entered in to win our second giveaway. Um, And we promise it only takes a few seconds. All right. Until next time, everyone, be well well and stay safe. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.